My name is James. I come from up north. I live in a suburb called Darch, and I come from a church called Kingdom City. It is the best church in the world. And so, I don't know. But I'm married. I have a beautiful wife. Her name is Caitlin, and she's preaching at our youth ministry tonight. I am Australian. I am not American. I just put on the accent because my wife likes it. I'm just kidding. She does love it. I won't lie to you. She says, oh, say color. So I say color. But I grew up, I was born in a country called the Philippines, and I went to an American international school, and that's why I have this accent. But I am half Australian, half New Zealander. Any New Zealanders in the house? Cool. All right. We're going to get started. I want everyone just to go, shh, shh. Everyone, shh, shh. Tonight, I want to talk about something I call daddy's love. Everyone say daddy's love. Say again, say daddy's love. Daddy's love. I'm going to read to you two verses out of the Bible, and these verses are awesome, but I need everyone to listen up, so I need you all to go, shh. Okay, we're going to read this. Ready? It's Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. It says this, But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and no longer captive to its powers. Now we can serve God. Everyone say, serve God. Come on. I said everybody, not half of you. Everyone say, serve God. Come on, say it with a bit of gusto. Say, serve God. That's so much better. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Everyone say, old way sucks. sucks. Come on, say it like you mean. Say, old way sucks. sucks. Everyone say, new way rules. rules. Once again, say, new way rules. Yeah, that's it. You got a bit of sass. I like that. Old way sucks. Have you ever gotten in trouble before? Ever in your life? Who here? Who here? Who here has actually been in trouble in the last 12 hours? Okay. All right. Let me tell you a story. You want to hear a story? Let me tell you a story. When I was your age, I had a teacher, right? Now, I hated mathematics. I cannot stand math. Do you hate math? I cannot, st- I cannot stand math. Math is the devil. All you need to do is earn enough money to pay someone else to enjoy math in your life. I hated math. And in my school, everyone goes, shh. In my school, we had a teacher, right? Coming to my school for the first time. And his name was Mr. Wolf. Like, I am not kidding you. It was W-O-L-F. Wolf. And he used to wear his pants like all the way up to just below his nipples. You know what I'm saying? You know, you ever seen those people? Like they were up tight. And he had glasses that were like this thick, like Coke bottles on his eyes. And he was about four foot, 10 inches tall. And his name was Mr. Wolf. And he used to talk like this. And he got up in front of the class. He goes, hello, my name is Mr. Wolf. And if anybody asks me the time, they will go straight to the principal's office. 
So I had a dilemma because I sat there and I'm thinking, man, are you kidding me? This is like the easiest thing that ever could have happened. So I waited, I waited, I waited like 25 minutes. I waited. He was saying something. I don't know. I hate math. And I waited, I waited. And finally, I put up my hand. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Wolf. Um, I was just wondering if you could just tell me because, you know, my, my watch is broken. What, what, could you just please tell me what, what's, that, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? And I thought I was really smart. And he looked at me. He goes, go into the principal's office right now. <laughs> I always used to get in trouble by Mr. Wolf. There was this other time, right? Now, there's this thing in Australia, whether you realize it or not. And it's called, it, it used to be called Study, But now it's called Youth Allowance. Is it called Youth Allowance? Anyone know about Youth Allowance? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Let me tell you what Youth Allowance is. Your parents are so poor that you get money from the government, right? So my parents were poor right? They were poor. So the government used to give them money or basically give me money because my parents were so poor. But what happened was is that my parents sent me to this private school and all the money that the government used to give me, I used to have to pay the school bills of the school I was going to, okay? So basically the government giving me money and I'm paying the, paying the school so I can go to school. You know what I'm saying? We all clear? Follow? So I'm sitting there one day in class. And we're mucking around Mr. Wolf, and he's on the front, and he's looking, and he's going, you know, X to the value of C squared means everything. And he's trying to teach Pythagoras, whatever the heck Pythagoras is. And we're mucking around, and he turns around, and he goes, all right, that's enough. And I kind of look at him, and he goes, stop wasting your parents' money by being here. And all of a sudden, something rose up inside me that got angry. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm the one that pays my school fees, not my parents. And so I put my hand up. I said, excuse me, Mr. Wolf. Um, Mr. Wolf? And he goes, yes, James. (laughs) And I looked at him and I said, actually, Mr. Wolf, um, my parents are are, are quite poor. They poor. They're so poor, they don't even have an extra O. It's just pole. They're, they're pole. So my parents are pole. And, uh, and so I actually get money from the government with youth allowance. And, and with that money, I actually pay my own school fees to, to, to come to this school. And so technically, with the money that I pay for these school fees, that actually pays for your wage. So technically, I pay for your wage, which would make me your boss. And I finished it by saying, so just take the rest of the day off. <laughs> I thought I was the smartest man ever. Mr. Wolf, man, I've never seen a four foot ten man get so angry in my life. It was like a midget on steroids, man. <laughs> Go to the principal's office! And I went to the principal's office slapping my friend's head. Yeah! I'm the man! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I'll pay your bills. Until I got home, till I got home, and then my parents have been called up because of my dishonor and disrespect. Let me tell you, don't disrespect your teachers. Okay? Just letting you know. Don't try this at school tomorrow. Just be like, yeah, I pay your school fee. I pay your wage. Don't try it. Don't try it. Don't do it. But I got home, and I got in big trouble 
with my parents. Anybody ever get in trouble with your parents before? You get in trouble? Man, I used to get in trouble with my parents all the time. My dad used to do this thing, right? It was called 40 Wax. I kid you not. I love my dad. My dad, outside of my beautiful wife, my dad is my best friend ever. But he got taught when he was younger in a church, mind you, that the best thing I could do is put kids I'm talking like a robot. I have come from the future. So he got taught that the best thing to do was actually to, you know, hit your kid 40 times because it was something like, you know, the Israelites spent 40 years in the desert and, you know, Jesus was in the desert for 40 years. So, you know, you should smack the crap out of your kid for 40 times. So that's what he learned. So I remember I used to get in trouble all the time when we were out and like we'd be hanging out and doing something. I'd be a brat mucking around and my dad would go, that's it, 40 wax. And like at the age of six, my negotiating skills went through the roof because I would spend the rest of the evening trying to negotiate him down. I'd be like, okay, I promise I'll be, I'll be good for the rest of the day. Um, can, you, can we bring it down to 30? Can we, okay, I'll massage your feet when we get home. Can we bring it down to 20? Cranny? And then when I get home, I quickly run inside, try and put on like five pairs of underwear. Anyone, anyone know what I'm saying? I try and get the resistance level up a little bit. You know, just try and get it there. I'll walk in, my butt's hanging out like this. It's like, yeah, come on, daddy. I'm ready for it now. I'm ready for it. Yeah. He like hits it and I have to, I'm like, he hits it. I feel nothing. I'm like, ah, ah, he worked it out. But I always used to get in trouble. Always used to get in trouble. Whenever I did something wrong, I used to get in trouble and I used to get punished all the time. You know, sometimes we can look at our relationship with God. Like God is someone who punishes us. Like God is a God of rules. Like sometimes we come to youth, sometimes we come to church, and we hear about these things that we shouldn't do. We shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do that, we shouldn't do this. And sometimes we can build God into this big thing up in the sky that just has a bunch of rules. Sometimes we can build God into this thing. That when we do something wrong, it's like, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble. I come, you know, I get disciplined by God, smack on the wrist. Okay, all right, I'll just keep living my life. But see, God is not like that. A true revelation of God is understanding that God is just a big old daddy that loves you. See, sometimes it's hard because there would be people sitting in this room and you don't have a good relationship with your father. So you look at me and you say, well, my dad doesn't even treat me well. Well, this is a great thing. It doesn't matter how your dad treats you. It doesn't matter what family you come from. You have a daddy that loves you. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world, which is you. Everyone say, God loves me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, God loves me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. So God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. See, I understand that at the moment in Fuel, you guys are learning about how to be just awesome young people, being the best that you can for God, living in an absolute incredible spirit and with force for this world, right? Here's the great thing about that. You can learn all the best things about being a Christian or being Jesus in your school. But unless we get a revelation, which means 
the light goes on about God. That he is actually our father and he loves us. It doesn't matter how good we are. It doesn't matter how many friends we bring to youth. It doesn't matter how many times we can quote scripture or memorize this or sing a song. We'll do it in vain because we have a wrong idea about God. See, the scripture I read at the beginning said the old way sucks, but the new way rules. You know why? Because in the old way, before Jesus came... People of God used to have to live by laws. They live by rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. And if they would do it, they'd have to do some pretty crazy stuff. They'd have to like sacrifice animals. Depending on what you did, depended on what animal you'd have to sacrifice. Like if it was something little, you had to do a couple of doves. And if it was something big, you'd have to like get like an ox. See, I thought it would be the other way around. Like if it was something big, I thought you'd have to get doves. Because it would be so much harder to catch doves than to get an ox. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't you think that? Like an ox is like just standing. What's it going to do? Moo. You just walk up and shoot it. Like it's fine. But doves, you got to like run around. you got to sniper them. But you used to have to do these things if you did something wrong. You used to have to bring these sacrifices to God. That was the law. Because it was all these things that you can't do, can't do, can't do. But when Jesus came. And when Jesus died for you. How many, how many here, you know, Jesus died for you? How many? Come on, put your hands up. Put your, that's it. When Jesus came and died for you, what he said was that old way of living, all those rules, all those things you can't do. It doesn't matter anymore. I died for you and I love you. And what Jesus began to do was not say things that you can't do, but he began to talk about things that you can do. He began to talk about those things that you have the power of God inside of you. You know, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Did you know that? Did you know that if you truly have a revelation of God's love and what he has for you, you can lay your hands on your friends and pray for healing and cancers can dry up. You know that things can happen because the same power of God that was in the Bible can actually reside in you. See, it's not about rules about don't do this. It's not about going, don't get drunk because God will get angry. No. The reason why we don't get drunk is because we want to live an incredible life with God where we don't act like morons when we're drunk. God doesn't say, don't do this or, or, or you know, you're not allowed to, to yell at people or swear at people or treat people wrong. God says, no, why don't you live in my grace, live in my freedom and treat people right? Because if you do that, people will begin to like you. People will actually treat you differently. As you love upon people, you'll get favor and success in your life. He also says this, Jesus says, when someone slaps you, Don't hit him back. Don't yell at him back. Just turn the other cheek. Could you imagine that? Someone came up to you and slapped you. Be like, and you're like, why don't you try that on my left side? (laughs) I mean, that's crazy to me. But Jesus is such a God of love. That he doesn't want you to not do all these things just so that you can't have a good time. In fact, he wants you to do all of this. The new way of living. Living in his grace. Living in his freedom. Knowing who you are. Because he wants to give you the fullest life possible. Did you know 
that in a scripture in Matthew chapter 11, there was this guy called John the Baptist. Who here knows? Have you ever heard of John the Baptist? John the Baptist was this crazy, crazy dude that he used to live like in the desert and he, he used to eat locusts. They said he used to eat locusts and he used to have like camel hair as his clothing. Wouldn't that be weird? You know, like a, I hope it would cover the important bits of his body. And this guy heard about Jesus and all that he was doing. He was actually Jesus' cousin, but he sent people to Jesus and he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you Jesus? Are you the one? And Jesus told the disciples to go back to him and say, don't just tell him that I'm Jesus, but tell him all the things that you're seeing. That the blind see, that deaf ears are open, that people that were lame and disabled are now beginning to walk, that the dead who are dead are now beginning to live. See, with Jesus, what happens is, is that miracles and supernatural things begin to happen when you live in his grace and in his freedom. But this is the best bit about that scripture in Matthew 11. It says this. It says, up till this point, everyone say this point. Up till this point, there's been no greater man than John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is this amazing dude out in the desert going nuts. Jesus says up to this point in the whole entire world, there has never been a greater man than John the Baptist. But he said this, listen to me. Everyone say, listen to me. He says, listen to me. Because in the kingdom of God, which is what? It's the new way, the new rules. In the kingdom of God, the least person, the least, least, least person in the kingdom of God is like, you know, like Jesus is up here and Pastor John and Sarah are like right here and Denver's right here. Dan Tan's right, maybe here. Clara's right back up here. And, and you know, I'm, I'm here because I'm struggling. And, and, you know, and it says the worst person The worst person that's in the kingdom of God, loving Jesus, having a crack at it, trying to live right, is still greater than John the Baptist, who actually made the way for Jesus. That means that you sitting here tonight are actually greater in the kingdom of God than a man who saw miracles happen, who actually led the way of Jesus coming. That's you. Everyone say, that's me. Come on, say it like you mean. Say, that's me. That's you. No, don't say that. I was saying that about you. That's you. You're actually greater in the eyes of the kingdom of God than what John the Baptist was. And see, sometimes what we do is we take how we live life with our parents and our school teachers and we bring it into our relationship with God. Because we feel like, how many get in trouble? Raise your hand. How many get in trouble? Like I said at the beginning. You might get in trouble at school. You might get in trouble with your parents. And so we view God as this God that will just get us in trouble if we do the wrong thing. But here's the incredible thing. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you've done. And it doesn't matter what you're going to do. He will love you no matter what. You can't earn his love. You can definitely earn my love. But you cannot earn his love. If you walk up to me after this service and give me a big high five, smile at me and say, you're the best looking person I've ever seen in my life, I will love you. And I will take a photo of you and I will post it next to the dead bird on Facebook. 
because that's how cool you are. But if you walk up to God and say, I love you, or if you walk up to God and say, I hate you, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because before you were even born, he sent his son to die for you. And he loves you. And if you can get a revelation of his love for you, that means that when you go to your school, you begin to tell your friends about Jesus. He's going to be there with you and you're going to be able to tell them about the right Jesus. You're going to be able to tell them about the right God, not a God that has rules, but a God that has freedom, that has life, a God that can turn around your situation. When you go to sleep at night and you're in your bed and you can't get to sleep because you got all these thoughts going through your head. And so you try and put an iPod in your ear and try and drown out your thoughts with your music. But God is there and he wants to turn your life around you may be feeling depressed you may be feeling down there is one answer and that answer is jesus one answer and he's not a jesus of rules and you can't do he's a jesus of coming to my kingdom and find out what you can do i wish i was 13 all over again so that i could get a revelation of this and see my school turned upside down I wish that I was 13 again so I could go back and instead of mucking around and screwing around and being a stupid person that just rejected Jesus, I could be someone that actually loved Jesus and see my friends around me change. Because I knew they used to do things because they were hurting, because they were lonely. I used to do things because I was hurting and I was lonely. But because I found Jesus, it changed everything. What does John 3, 16 say again? It says, for God so loved the world, that's you. He gave his son. In this place tonight, I'm going to end in just a moment. But in this place tonight, I want us to walk out of here knowing God's love. Not just knowing a bunch of rules. Not just knowing what you should or shouldn't do. But actually knowing God's love.